We, uh, we have been talking about the times when your fear comes face to face with your God. And last week we talked from, from uh, Mark chapter 4 about who your God actually is. Because we can, we can have the wrong thing. We can be, our ultimate trust can be in the wrong thing. It can be in what we can do. It can be in ourselves, our, our, our abilities, our skills. It can be in our job. It can be in our financial situation. It can be in our family. It can be in so many things that aren't Christ. And all of those things will let us down. Every single one of them. Our ultimate trust has to be in Christ. So when our fear comes face to face with our God, it needs to be Christ. That's our God. And so we talked about that last week from Mark 4. And we're going to kind of pick up on that idea this morning from Matthew chapter 6. That is up here behind me, but you can turn to it. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 25. And we're going to talk about who God is. Because when our fear comes face to face with our God, who is our God matters. It needs to be Christ, but why should it be Christ? Why do we, uh, is our ultimate trust going to be in Christ and not in anything else or anyone else? This is why. He tells us why today. It's, it's rooted in who God is. And, and we're going to see that as we read through. So Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25, it says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or, what or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You have little faith. So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will, have, will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Huh, amen. So let's look, uh, as we have been a study our way through, let's look first at the context here. The context of this is the Sermon on the Mount. Now, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is often, uh, if you watch the movies, it's Jesus standing up on this hillside and teaching all of these crowds, right? That's what we see all the time when we, when we look at the Sermon on the Mount. But that's not what it was. As a matter of fact, uh, when it starts... Chapter 5, verse 1 says, When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. So Jesus is actually teaching his disciples here. So, yes, I'm sure that the crowds, some of the crowds overheard, but that's not the picture that we're given. We're, we're, we're always given this picture of Jesus on a mountainside teaching this large crowd, and that's not what it says he was doing. It's, it says he was teaching his disciples here. Now, the Sermon on the Mount is not a, a, 
a, a to-do list. And it's not a checklist to see how you're doing spiritually. You know, am I doing these things okay? Am I not? It, it, the Sermon on the Mount is about life in the kingdom of God. It's about living this life with the kingdom of God in view. It's living in the spirit, not in the flesh. That's really what the, the Sermon on the Mount is about. Now, in the immediate context here of chapter 6, Jesus has taught his disciples how to pray. He's taught them how to fast. And he's taught them how not to be focused on worldly things, material stuff. And then he moves into what is, quite frankly, the essential fundamental thing of our human experience, and that's taking care of our own needs. This is, this is where we live, isn't it? We live right here in, how, in taking care of our own needs, feeding ourselves, putting, putting clothes on our back, these things that are just essential to us. And Jesus says, don't worry about those things. In fact, in this short passage that I just read, he says, don't worry five times. Five times. He says, don't worry about this stuff. So I think he has a point. I think he wants to, he's trying to tell us something about worry. One of my, one of my favorite movies is Bridge of Spies. Have you seen it? Bridge of Spies. Um, Tom Hanks is a lawyer for a Russian spy. And, and, I, and I think of this when I read this passage because Tom Hanks is consistently, he's, he's, he's talking to his Russian spy defendant and he's, he constantly asks him, aren't you worried? Doesn't that worry you? And, and the Russian spy always has the same reply. Would it help? No. <laughs> the, the clear answer is no. Worry does not help. In fact, worry destroys us. Worry is destructive to us physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Worry is, is destructive to us. So does worry help? No. Jesus says we can't add a moment to our lifespan with worry. In fact, all we can do is take it away. All we do is take away life. So why, how can we get to this point where we don't worry? It's by who God is. Look at who God is in this passage. Look at what this says about God. It says God is our provider. Jesus starts with, with how God provides for the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather in barns, but they don't go hungry. We, we have this idea that we're the provider. If you ask anyone about the stuff they have at their house, they're going to say, I worked for that. But God is our ultimate provider. Who gave you the, the, the health to do the work? Who gave you the skills and abilities to do the work that you do? Who gave you the time to do what you do to get that stuff? God is our provider. It also says God is our protector. Now, I, I will tell you, as you, if you're a commentary reader or, or you like to study these kind of things, um, there's a debate among scholars when it talks about clothes on your back here. And since it mentions Solomon, there's a, uh, there's a division. There's a part, some of the commentators say that this clothes on your back thing is about protection. It's about protection from the elements because it's something that we need. Another part says, no, they're talking about Solomon here, so it's, 
it's really talking about having clothes that will impress other people. Now, I want to tell you, as a preacher, it'll preach to talk about clothes that impress others. But I don't think that's what this is about. I think this is about basic protection, because he, he talks about the basis of food, so I think he's talking about basis of protection. God is our protector. He is always there, always there, always ready to provide everything you need to protect you. Nothing comes to us except through God. God is our protector. And, and if we doubt God's provision, if we doubt, if, when we doubt that God it will provide, we, when we worry about what, what we can get, we are showing our lack of faith in God as provider. And when we, when we think that this protection thing is all about us, that we need to be our own protector, then we are doubting God's protection. We are, once again, placing our worry that shows our lack of faith in God as our protector. And then the last thing it, it, it says here is, is God holds our future. Now I'll say again, as a preacher, I almost said planner here. So we have protector, we have provider, protector, planner. You know, a good Baptist alliteration. But he holds our future. Jesus says that tomorrow is really about, uh, tomorrow is, is God's. It's not ours. We're not even promised tomorrow. Yet we spend so much time worrying about tomorrow, don't we? This is, uh, this is where, and, I, and I, I have continued to say this, the whole problem with the pandemic and, and with, with the civil unrest and with all this stuff, it's out of our control, and so it, it challenges our sense of sovereignty over our life. You're not sovereign over your life. God is. And God holds today and tomorrow. In fact, he is in tomorrow waiting for you to get there. He knows what you're going to need. He knows what you're going to face. And he's just waiting for you. God is in charge of tomorrow. We are not. And when we worry about the future, we show our lack of faith in the sovereignty of God. So what does it say about us? Well, first one I want to point out, it says that we're more than the animals. Now, I say this because there's a lot of other thought out there in our society right now. Our society would like to tell you that a boy is a rat, is a dog, is a... No, it's not. We are over the animals. Jesus says so. Jesus says that he, God cares for us more than them. We are greater than the animals. We are not just one of them. We are more than that. We are, we are intended to be more than that. I think it was uh, Lord Alfred Tennyson that said that nature is, is red in tooth and claw. Nature is, is brutally, brutal survival. That's all that nature is. We're above that. We are greater than that. We are meant for more than that. We're not just one of the animals. We are made in the image of God. It also tells us that God cares for us as his children. Do you see how this is compared here? The birds are taken care of. How much more will he take care of you? We are cared for as the children of God. You are a child of God if you, if you trust Christ. 
And so you are much more important to God, and he will care for you as his child. Now, Jesus also talks about worry here. Worry is destructive to us. It harms us physically. You know, you know that worry actually causes two hormones, or, or a, hor a hormone called cortisol, to be released into your body. Now, cortisol picks up triglycerides from your bloodstream. Now, we've got nurses and doctors in here. Those are bad stuff. Worry is making you fat. Because triglycerides and cortisol make you fat, don't they, nurses? <laughs> triglycerides are basically what a hot dog is made out of. <laughs> Nothing against hot dogs, trust me, I love them, but, but it's basically what it is. And so worry is actually making you fat. And then if you eat your emotions like so many do, it's even worse. Worry is destructive to you physically. It's, it, it harms you physically. It harms you emotionally. It harms you mentally because of the increased stress. You know, with, with all this cortisol and all these triglycerides raising your blood sugar, you can't think clearly anymore. So you no longer can think clearly. So worry is making you fat and making you not think clear. Worry is destructive. And it harms us spiritually because it shows that, that when our fear meets face-to-face -face with our God, our God isn't God. Our God is what we can do. It shows that we're, we, are, we are focused upon our own sovereignty and not the sovereignty of God. So as Jesus says, worry can't add a moment to your life. It only takes moments away. So what must we do? We must trust God as provider. As I said earlier, we, we tend to think that we provide everything on our own, but God has given us the skills, the abilities, the health, the time. He has given us everything we need in order to do the work, in order to have the stuff we have. God is our ultimate provider. Without him, we have nothing. Nothing. We need to trust God as our protector, because he is always on duty. Always. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He is always on duty. Every single moment. And nothing formed against you can stand, as we just say. Nothing formed against you can stand. And we need to trust God with the future. We need to trust that God has tomorrow in hand. This might be the toughest one for us because we worry about what's next. It's out of our control. It's out of our control. God has what's next. So let's just keep focused on him and see what he has for us next. So let's look at, at, at verse 27, phrase by phrase. I, wanted to, I want to tell you that the easy verse to pick out of here is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But I wanted to actually focus on the worry part. So I wanted to focus on verse 27. Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? You know, we have all seen the sovereignty of God over our lives, haven't we? We have all seen the sovereignty over the, over the, the lives of others. We have seen... Just within the last few weeks, we have seen three of our church members 
pass away, kind of unexpectedly, is there any doubt in your mind that God's in charge of this? Is there any doubt in your mind that, that God has a plan for you, and when that plan is done, you get to go home? You wouldn't want to outlive his plan, would you? Would you want to actually still be here and be of no use? I don't, I don't think any of us would want that. God has a plan, and it, he is sovereign over our lives. So why are we spending so much time worried about what's next when he already knows what's next? And he already knows what you're going to need to get it, to get through it. Now, the word translated worrying here, it's a present active participle. Present active participle. It means we're working at it. Do you realize you are working at worrying? I, I, have, I, I have people in my life that I say borrow things to worry about. Because if there's not enough going on in their life to worry about, they borrow something from somebody else's life. We're good at worrying, but it is work. It is actually work that we're doing. It's, it's tormenting care that we're working at. We are working at destroying ourselves physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally by working at worry. Worrying can add nothing to your life. It only takes away from it. So we need to get up every morning and give that day to God. And if you get to wake up tomorrow morning, give that one to him too. It may take some practice. You may have to do it more than once a day. You may have to do it several times a day. But God is in control. God has your life in his hand. Worrying does nothing for you, it only takes away. Can you trust God as your, as your provider, your protector, and the one that holds your future? Can you trust God to be God? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and just consider that question. Because that's the only question really that, that, that I have for you is, is can you trust God to be God? Or are you going to continue to try to be God over your life? Do you need to give it to him this morning? Do you need to give him your trust? Do you need to give him your life? Do you need to take a step of faith toward Christ this morning? It's, it's, it's very simple. It is simply saying, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've, I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came to die for my, for my sin, for, to die in my place. And so I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to come into my life and empower me to live the kingdom life today. A life focused on you as provider, as protector, as, as sovereign over my life. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Maybe this morning you know Christ.
But if you look back over the last two weeks, it hasn't been Christ that you put your trust in. It's been yourself. It's been doctors. It's been political figures. It's been something or someone else. Will you take this moment to place your trust in Christ as your provider, as your protector, and as the one who holds sovereignty over your life? Father, we thank you for this reminder, this reminder that worry adds nothing. It only takes away. Remind us of this when we start to worry about what's next, when we start to worry about whether you'll provide or whether you'll protect. Remind us of this lesson, that worry is only taking from us it never gives to us. We thank you and we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us? We're going to close by singing, Whom Shall I Fear? <laughs>